1: It's a brand new year. We hope you had a safe and happy holiday season wherever you are. Episode 106 Inside Season 2, Cool Button Hockey Podcast is underway. We begin, of course, Craig, at the top of the order. It is quarterfinal Monday where you are at the World Junior Hockey Championship. Is it too easy to say Sweden, Canada, USA, Czechia, move on? I've been watching you you're not very enthralled with the Finns. you don't like the way their defense moves or doesn't move them this isn't the 2016 Finns. put it that way <laughs> it's not the 2016 Finns. how are you my friend
0: i am great happy new year no it isn't but you know in a one-game tournament and this is what happens quarterfinal the long history between finland and sweden right I'll tell you what, Yanni Lampinen, the goaltender for Finland, really good. He's been really, really strong. Carl Lindbaum for uh, Sweden has been really good too. But they don't have a lot of skill. Finland does not have They don't beat themselves. They're tight as a group, right? But they don't have a lot of skill. And if the Swedes can do what the U.S. did, four-check them, force them into turnovers, the Finns are going to really force Lampinen to be really, really strong to win this game. I think that – I I don't know if it's ever easy in tournament play – but I think it's safe to say that three teams from the Halifax pool and one from the Moncton pool will be playing in the semis.
1: So, Craig, as you know, all these things can get complicated. Trust <laughs> me. Uh, how does it work that if things go according to Hoyle and Sweden, Team Canada, USA and Czechia all win? How does it work for the semifinal? If I do my math right, is that Canada, USA semifinal?
0: It, it is. Your math is correct. And there's a reseeding process that takes place after the quarterfinals. So it used to be just straight bracket, you know, like, you know, a crossover and then whoever won, you had the way it was all set up in bracket play, it's not like that any longer. So you would get a Canada-USA semifinal if everything plays out, you know, with Canada, Sweden, Czechia, and the USA winning. And, you know, I, I thought that would be the gold medal match. I think they're the two best teams in the tournament, Unfortunate that if everything goes as we think it will on quarterfinal Monday, that you get that semifinal with Canada and the U.S. It'd be exciting, though. I will say this. The USA has got a good team. They're getting better as the tournament goes on. And they have nothing to lose, and they're not intimidated or worried about playing Canada anywhere in the world, let alone on home ice.
1: So, as we watch this tournament,
0: and I
1: remember last week we talked about uh, the gap. There's always been a gap, and the gap's probably widening, if anything, between Connor Bedard and everything else, and all the numbers and stats and records he might set. Other than this, Connor, it's like a pool Gretzky out, Lemieux out. I think next year people will have McDavid out if they don't already uh, in their hockey pools other than conor bedard anywhere else draft eligible that has caught your eye the most any team any country
0: well i mean there's going to be uh different players at different levels that are going to catch your eye right as you just point out conor bedard like let's not even talk about draft eligible players let's talk about any player in this tournament there's nobody close to Conor Bedard. Nobody close. He's the best player in this tournament. He's dominating the tournament and when you look at and when you look at the like how impressive that is. Let, like to be the best player in this tournament to do it at 17. Wow, it's something blows my mind. But you know, you start to look and and you, you know Adam Fantilli you know, people are going to go, oh, look at his numbers and everything. Like, Listen, you're not evaluating Adam Fentilli on four or five games. He, he's a really good player. Leo Carlson, you're not evaluating him on three or four games. He's a really good player. You know what you have to do, and, and there's a forgiveness with draft eligible players in this tournament. There, there, there is. You know, I don't think draft eligible players can hurt themselves. Can they help themselves to a certain extent? Yeah, a little bit, but not significantly. NHL scouts aren't looking to come in and say, oh, geez, he was great, therefore I'm pushing him up. Edward Schala has found his way down the Czechia lineup. That He's still a terrific player. So I, I, I don't fuss by the tournament. You know, uh, Lenny Haminao, who plays with uh, Finland, very gifted player. You can see he's trying to feel his way through things, right? You know, Adam Gayan, who the the Slovakia goaltender, He's been really, really good. I think it's more about Guyane and Yanni Lampinen, and the goaltender for Finland. They're, they're older players that haven't been drafted that I think they've opened up big time eyes to NHL scouts. I think if I had to pick two guys that I would say, those are the two guys that have really helped themselves in terms of putting themselves on the radar. I think it's those two goaltenders.
1: I love it. I'm glad that I asked. It's a lot of fun. So let's have some more fun. If, you were allowed to frozen envelope Connor Bedard to an NHL team for whatever reason. And I had to go back through, I had to reteach myself what's going on with this lottery format. I had to to read reread because we've switched it around and there's been another tweak this year. This is the first year of kind of, you can't win the lottery too much. So every year there seems to be a tweak, but right now 16 in 16 out. we got a lot of NHL hockey to play. So of the 16 teams that miss, teams 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 cannot win the lottery in theory and get Connor Bedard. If they were to win the lottery, then the team that was really 32 wins the lottery. So let's say Chicago right now at 18.5. If any team 12 to 16 wins, you take their percentages and throw them on Chicago, right? That's what you taught me in uh, grade 12 economics, so really Chicago would have 18.5 plus Nashville's 2.5 Edmonton's two. So if you add all those up, that's 25.5. So then your odds are a lot better, but it's not like Lemieux, New Jersey, and Pittsburgh of 84. You finished last, then it was hundred percent. Do we all love this? Is this the best of a bad scenario? Like I would laugh. I'm just looking at the board right now. If the Vancouver Canucks win the lottery, At 5%. Could it happen? Of course it could. Will it? Probably not. But oh boy, Craig, if a team that's a bit better, see Ottawa just misses, but they're right now 10th. If St. Louis, Nashville, I'm just saying to me, they've tiered it a little bit. I would tier it one more time because even in the group of crap, there's really bad teams and then there's bad teams and pretty good teams. But... You tell me where you could frozen envelope Connor Bedard.
0: Okay, so before we get that, so so so, what's your one next step? You didn't tell me what your one next step would be. I think I would go from the 16 instead of 11 and 5.
1: I'd go probably 8. Only the 8. So 32 goes to 16. 16 goes to 8. 8 would make me feel better. Because then you'd have Montreal has Florida's pick unprotected, right? Florida's pick unprotected. Correct. Oh. <laughs> could, you could you imagine? So Montreal's got six percent and seven point five. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if they won the first lottery and the second lottery? Oh <laughs> Craig, I mean this this is the most intriguing in years. Because even McDavid's lottery wasn't as complicated. But anyway, let's first frozen envelope, Bedard. And I I would do this. But I'm not saying my idea is just perfect. I don't think any idea is close to perfection. I, and we've talked about this before. We could chop this onion, chop another onion, chop another onion. So people will be crying, though, if they lose out on Connor Bedard. So who would you place him on?
0: So before I answer your question, Doug Armstrong would be very, very proud of you. Really? And I'm trying to prep. Oh, yeah, he would be because he always said, listen, I have no problem with you coming to me and, and complaining about something and saying you don't like something, but you have to come with me. with to, You have to bring a solution to me, and then we can talk about it. You can't just come in and complain and say this isn't working or that isn't working. So, well done, Mr. Coolius. Well done. There's a 20. Thank you. Year, Thank you. That's why I needed to ask you. That. I, I, I like your idea, I do like your idea. You know, I I think it's a it, it's an idea that's worth examining. I think that it's another opportunity if the draft is about rewarding the teams that are at the bottom of the league, and you put that tweak in that you can't win the lottery too much. Well, now we're we're not encouraging losing because your chances of winning the lottery, you know, are are, are you know, you can finish last and your chances of one and four. Let's just say one and four with the I, I like it. And and I think there's lots of things that have happened. Two places that I would like to see Connor Bedard. If I if it was me in the closed envelope, I'm going to go one in the east and I'm going to go one in the west. The one in the west and maybe league wide is I think it's easy for me. It's the Chicago Blackhawks. It's a huge market, you know, with, uh, coming on the heels of Kane and Tays et all and three Stanley Cups. Connor Bedard's a franchise superstar. That's where I would, uh, the, you know, I guess that would be my first place. The second place, and I watched and you're going to you're going to jump all over this one i know i know you too well you're going to you're going to be on this like it's going to be yeah i know you're leaning in you're leaning in i'm trying to tease it i'm trying to tease it the philadelphia flyers ah. think about what lindros did for the philadelphia flyers franchise at a similar point in time when they traded for him in 1992 like that that franchise that franchise was in real was it, they were in the doldrums, and they came out of it. And the reason I said you're going to be all over this one, just think about Lindros what he said to Connor Bedard. What did he say to Connor Bedard? Break all my records,
1: smash all my records. They already have a connection. They already have a connection. So it's uh, it's going to be fun. It's uh, look, we're past. You know, we're basically at the halfway mark. We're into January, which makes us feel we're at the halfway mark. So we've got all this intrigue of, well, at the top, you know, how good Boston is and what's happening with New Jersey. Can the Kraken get in? McDavid's stats, you know, how well the Leafs are playing, Carolina. All those types of things are intriguing. And then at the bottom, these teams and the structure and everything else. And then when you start looking at the math and the numbers, Craig, you could spin out and end up being in Columbus. And then you got Bedard between Line A and Johnny Goodrow. Maybe that's uh, his best early individual spot to start statistically. You know, maybe San Jose, he's from the West anyway. Maybe this is what the Sharks franchise really needs. Uh, you know, their next Marlow Thornton. Maybe this opens a door for Logan Couture as his cap number starts to come down over the years. I'm not too sure. the The easy start of the year connection was Arizona and Montreal, wasn't it? And I got to give those two clubs credit for, you know, playing and the players for competing. Not that they don't. There's a different type of compete. Chicago right now, they're they're the boats in the bay and the motor's not working and the sail's not up. At least I see a future with some of the young core in Montreal and what Arizona's been able to do. And I do. And that doesn't mean they won't bottom out. That doesn't mean they might not win the lottery. But... When we need to re, you know, uh, get ourselves invested and understand and reread of what's going on, then others are doing the same thing. Like just to make sure that Montreal is at a spot now where these two picks could come into play. And Florida, it's not only a question now of if, it's probably when and how bad they'll be. Imagine Florida, I I'm have a silver platter passing that pick, Craig. So, They didn't think they'd be in that spot. I find this now way more intriguing this year. I can't wait for Bill Daly and the envelopes in late April.
0: Okay. So why don't we go back in time? You ready to go back in time? We'll play a little bit of back in time time. Does the Florida situation not feel like the Toronto situation when they traded for Phil Kessel and that pick went all the way to two and they gave up the pick the next year that ended up being Dougie Hamilton at nine. Does it not feel exactly the same? We all knew what Brian Burke was trying to do. He was trying to improve the team. He added a terrific young player in Phil Kessel at that time. But in terms of what it meant to your franchise, he missed out on a two and a nine. Whether they would have taken Sega and Hamilton, I don't know. But that's where those picks went. Florida Panthers, Bill Zito did the same thing. He was looking to make his team better. He got a really good player in Matthew Kachuk. The, obje- the objective is to make your team better. And he didn't make his team better. I'll share a quick story with you. We, and uh, when we traded for Joe Newendyke in uh, December of 1995, Dave Garnier, who was a really good player for us, moved over to the left wing. We had Madano and Newendyke now. And, you know, David played hard, he was skilled, and he didn't fit on the left wing, though. And we ended up trading him to Toronto. We ended up getting Ben Hogue. Doug Jarvis made such a great comment. His comment was this he said, Dave Garnier is a better player. Than Benoit Hogue from a skill point of view. But Benoit Hogue is a better fit for our team because we have a left winger there. (laughs) And Doug always said, a a square peg in a round hole is a square peg in a round hole, no matter what you do. And so, you know, when when you talk about those types of things, like, you know, the team never got better in Florida and it doesn't look like it can get better. I'm fascinated to watch Florida. I'm fascinated to watch Bill Zito operate. What's he going to do now? He doesn't have cap space. He doesn't have draft picks. His prospect pool is depleted. So I have no idea what he's going to do, but I'll tell you what, he is right up against it, right up against it. You want to make a bet? You want to make a bet, Mr. Coolius? Bet on the Florida Panthers missing the playoffs. All right, time now for KB on Ice, and inside
1: look at the NHL brought to you by our friends at Sports Interaction. Sports Interaction is... Canada Sportsbook, 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. All right, Mr. Button, what's up this week?
0: Home run for the Pittsburgh Penguins at Fenway Park on January 2nd. Home run. They're going to hit a home run. They're going to beat the Bruins again. That's not home ice, right? They were great at, the, at their regular arena. It's Fenway. Home run. Crosby. Might hit for the cycle. Tell you what, on Tuesday night, what a matchup we got with Buffalo Sabres and the Washington Capitals. Buffalo is starting to move, starting to move, starting to move. Uh, Like, you you know, they intrigue me, Mr. Coolius. They intrigue me. The Washington Capitals intrigue me. This is a tight one. This is a tight one. I think it's a one-goal game, low scoring, 3-2. Buffalo wins on the road, just like they went into Boston and won. So those are my two for this week. You know what? We'll reconvene on some bigger picks later on.
1: Monday, Colorado over Vegas, and what could be a preview, although this is the Mash Cup. No clinger, no Hawkeye. <laughs> uh, Tuesday, Carolina and the Rangers. The streak ends at 11. I'm just going by law of averages. And Tampa Bay over Minnesota on Wednesday intrigues me. I'm taking the bolts on the road. Colorado, Rangers, Tampa is my three game parlay this week. Sports interaction is Canada Sportsbook. Log on to si.com forward slash cool button pod. And for God's sake, sign up today. It's 2023. What are you waiting for? Canada Sportsbook is Sports Interaction 19+. Please gamble like we do responsibly. Fan bases, Craig, they're the reason the world goes round and round. They love it when you talk about their team and gush. They hate it when you criticize them. They might be more angry when they don't even get into the show or the conversation. So not because of any texts or tweets, but a team that deserves some love right now is the Carolina Hurricanes. And we've always liked, haven't not liked them, but when you're on a heater and a press time, they've won 11 in a row. Antti Rant has won the last five. Pyotr Kochetkov is not only the Calder favorite and the rookie of the month for December. The way he's going, he might be in the Vesna conversation. I forgot about Freddie Anderson. I don't think we've seen Freddie since November, since before Remembrance Day in Canada and you know Thanksgiving in the U.S. I'm not sure what's going on with Freddie. I know Max is skating. And right now, with Sebastian Ajo back, and they've got a pretty good top six, of the Paul Stasney's in it. They're to me, they're a spoked wheel. The, the wheel is strongest with all the spokes. If I take out the spokes and line them up, you're not gonna say all-star, all-star, hall of famer, first team all-star. It's not like that. I think they've got one A right now up front, and that's Aho, and you know, a lot of maybe maybe an A minus, maybe a B plus. But together, this group, and I saw the odds, on Jan 1, there were three teams ranked as the top three elite Stanley Cup contenders. Boston, of course, people sometimes forget about Toronto, and Carolina. Craig, are they just the definition of a team to you? And how much better will Max make them? And will we see Freddie... Reclaim the crease. It is a fascinating, fascinating topic.
0: Like toilet paper, ten thousand years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think about that invention. It was pretty significant, wasn't it? Like <laughs> you, you, you look at Carolina, and you just said team. What was Rod Brindamore? Team, team guy. Yeah. Oh, one hundred. It was all about the team. It was all about what we can do together, right? Uh, I, I would suggest one thing to you, though. Yeah. Martin H. Ash is a, is an A player. He's pretty darn good there. And he's really, you know, as a you know, he's really emerging now as a as a real top-notch. And with Aho, Patrick Reddy coming back, I think it'll it'll just help him be that much better. So this is a team that when you talk about The whole is greater than the sum of the parts, it appears to me. Max is going to help the team become better. There's no question about it. I mean, he's got the skill. And again, it takes some of the burden off of some of those other offensive players. He can score with one shot, you know, and and everything to go through. I love what Carolina did in the offseason. Donnie Waddell went and said, wait a sec, we need a different type of defenseman. Brett Burns has been really good in Carolina. Max is going to come back. That is a really significant scenario. So in, in terms of positive, I, I, I think they're built. I think that – and, you know, we're talking about a team that, to me, Aho's healthy, Max comes back. What's the story with Freddie Anderson? Well, you're just th- – that just strengthens your team. You're not like other teams are going, okay, what do we do to get better? So I, I think Carolina, the way they play, here is my question for you. You just mentioned Ranta, Anderson, Kachetkov. If you're Fran Francis in this in Seattle, are you not looking to phone the Carolina Hurricanes and get a goaltender that can upgrade your goaltending that's been terrible? If you want to not fall right out of the playoff picture, they're out of the playoff picture. Dude, I, 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 would you not do that, Steve? I asked you. I
1: thought the reason they started Ranta all these games, was to showcase them. I thought they set us up like a game of chess to maybe sacrifice a pawn for the greater good of the rook or the knight. And now that I'm seeing what's going on in Seattle, wait till Seattle comes West, young man. And you see some of the things Seattle can or can't do. They are scoring. They're giving up too much. Some of the underlying numbers are good. Their team save percentage is not. So when does a manager, Craig, as I read, I, I grab the conch and I, and I hand it back. When do you sit there and say, Martin Jones isn't the answer, but he's done a great win loss job for us? And I'm not, I can't move off Grubauer, spent too much money, but at least in the short term, what am I going to do at an effective price realistically to make my team better? The only issue might be, is there any Carolina Seattle trade issue? Because that's where Rock came from. What Tom doesn't say, don't improve Seattle. We don't want you. You know, I don't know how the underlying, you know, feelings might work out. Or do you say if you make a trade that can improve your club, you make the trade clearly when Freddie is back, you can't have three goalies. We've seen Magnus Helberg bounce around the league because he's the 65th goalie. He's too good not to be in the league. So what happens now? And is there another team like what LA go? We'd be interested in, in Ranta as well. Like Ranta's playing that good. I mean, isn't Ranta playing better than Halak? Like what team would say that's an upgrade? Will he fall to us? I think what the Canes are doing and setting up is very intriguing when Freddie does return. If you're saying Seattle, I would say this much. Ron's probably been sleepless in Seattle with his goaltending. Yes, I would be interested, Craig. Is there anything there that would not constitute a trade? Or is that all water under the proverbial Ron leaving Carolina Bridge?
0: Well, listen. If you're going to go live in the past, and I, I, whether you're the Carolina Hurricanes or the Seattle Crack, it's like you want to make your team better. If that's the objective, I mean, I I think there's too much of you, you know this. Oh yeah, we can't trade this. You know what? I traded Derek Morris to the Colorado Avalanche. Okay, and people, are, oh, you can't trade in your division. I said, well, wait a sec. We, we need some centermen. And you know Pierre Lacroix is willing to trade some centermen to us, you know, and like we got some really good defensemen, and to get good centermen, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta think about trading stuff. So just tell me where I'm gonna get. It I wasn't. I was in discussions on two centermen, Chris Drury and Stephane Yell. and I said to our people, I said, where am I gonna go get two centermen, Stanley Cup champions? Where am I gonna find that? Like it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I would trade a player to my next door neighbor if it made my team better. And I could care less what, what, what he did with my next door neighbor. Like, I don't care. It's the dumbest thing going. Ron Francis needs a goaltender. You're talking about Sleepless in Seattle? Their goaltending's terrible. You know what it's like, Steve? I loved high school. I loved high school. I don't want to go back to high school. I have great friends from high school. I have great memories. You know what? Martin Jones got you all those wins. Remember it. Don't hang on it don't hang around your grade 12 class when you've already graduated. He ain't, he's not, he's not good. He's not good enough. And the Seattle Kraken, if you want to get yourself going and stabilized, you got to get a better goaltender. Like right. bottom line is it, it works. It, you got to find a way. And Steve, you know, my other, you know, my other beef, my other big pet peeve. Oh, it's hard to make a trade. Oh, you know <laughs> how hard it is? Oh yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you. NHL managers' jobs are hard. And if it's so hard for you to do it, I'll find somebody else to do the job then. Don't tell me how hard it is. That's your job. You've been put in that chair, compensated very well. Get things done. Get things done. I'll say the same thing about Kenny Hall and the Hall of Famer. Improve your defense, because it stinks.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Speaking of high school, producer Bruce, when he was in high school, Alexander Ovechkin broke into the National Hockey League. Well, here he is now, 800-plus goals later. Three more on Saturday. No celebration on 9-2, to but inside he was giddy. I know Ovi was giddy. Is he getting 50? This is 950-goal seasons. Keep in mind, he's had a 49, and the 48 in 68, during the COVID shutdown year was a gimme 50 again. This should be 11. Then we've had Lock. Oh, my <laughs> goodness gracious. Now I'm saying this. And I'm the president, as you know, of the Connor McDavid fan club. But I would love it if Ovi got 50. And if Ovi and Connor, or if Ovi won the Rocket Richard again, I wouldn't care. Because this guy has just been... Like, I, the one moment this year, the Capitals were teetering. It was like this. Weeble wobble for... Those who know what a weeble, and it was going like this, uh, uh, like the suspense thriller Batman. He's in trouble with Robin, and the Catwoman's got him. And all of a sudden, the capitals, they're they're doing this, and oh, jump on my Russian tank, Ovi! I I just I love Saturday. I love seeing it, and it <laughs> he does it every which way. Okay. Like I, I mean, uh, Greg, I thought forty was generous. I thought forty to get to eight twenty is generous. He's getting more than like the next 20 to get, he's going to score 40 something at least. And I'm just, uh, I'm just, I'm in love. I'm in love with Ovi.
0: Okay. Uh, for all the listeners out there, when I think about Ovi and what you just said, like like my draw drops, drops. It's just unbelievable what he does. You know, we, we've put it into context with him and Sydney, what they've done since they entered the league in 2000 it's it's unbelievable like i've said this just tell me when the fall off starts like just let me know when they start to show decline because they have it connor's going to score 50 do i think obi can score 50 a healthy obi absolutely he'll score 50 can he win the rocket yeah he can win the rocket when i look at alexander ovechkin and and you think about scoring every which way and It was, I don't know how many, how many years ago was it, Steve? Three years ago when maybe the conversation came up, could Ovi break Gretzky's record of 894? I'm going to say it was about three years ago. It was pre-pandemic. And, you know, that'll never happen. That'll never happen, right? It's not anymore if it'll happen. The question is by how much. How how much will he break Gretzky's record? That's what the question is now. And, you know, you, you talk about lockouts, pandemics, and games missed and everything for, for Alexander Ovechkin. Keep in mind, too, that team wasn't very good the first two, three years he was in Washington. And he carried it. He carried it in a big way. Now the team has obviously been good. I think Peter Laviolette has done a fantastic job. You talk about Weevils wobble, but they don't fall down? Peter Laviolette didn't let him fall down. So impressed, so impressed. Connor McDavid is brilliant. We know what he's doing on continuous basis, But what Alexander Ovechkin does at this age continues to show that he's unstoppable. Like, it's one thing to keep playing and being good. He's still still unstoppable. (laughs) I don't know. I hope I can be that unstoppable when I turn 60 this year.
1: We're in episode 106. Uh, Before we hit 100, we asked the question, where and when did Ovi go from the black hat to the good guy? Because no way, no way eight years in, would have Ovi scored a hat trick and then posed with the moms on the other team like he did after Saturday beside Jake Allen's mom and all the other have moms and everything else, which is, it's it's so cool because it's partly comical and partly so respectful. Like knowing greatness is, you know, already around you. And another tier, it's like climbing, you know, to Mount Kilimanjaro, like you get to another tier. And for those who might have missed some of the climb of Ovi's, you know, Hall of Fame career, we're at a point again of just saying, take a look around. Better be enjoying it. And that's what the mums did. It it wouldn't have happened in 2013, Craig. There's no way it would have happened in 2013, 14. And I believe before he won the cup and jumped into the pool and all that stuff, it had something to do with the commercials. And he showed his personality and character. And I think the. The the narrative, if he was from, you know, Montreal as opposed to Moscow, it would have happened earlier. But it did happen organically, rightfully or wrongfully. And the way it did, it's fun. Like that picture is uh, like that's to me, that says a lot. And I think it's uh, it makes you chuckle. And I love the respect factor. Like it's he's he's got it. He's had it for a long time. But I think that to me is a beautiful, beautiful NHL moment from this year.
0: It is beautiful, and you know the the specter of what's uh, unfolded with Russia invading Ukraine, and you know, has loomed over Alexander Ovechkin's head. And you know, I even hear to this day, "Oh, we can't celebrate him." You know what? We can celebrate Alexander Ovechkin as 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 a, as a great goal scorer and everything. You know, it's so much what happens in today's world. Like if somebody doesn't do what we think they should do, somehow we wanna we wanna put them in a position where somehow they're lesser than what they are. I don't have any idea how Alexander Ovechkin feels about Russia. W- would it be nicer? W- could we get some clarification if he said something? Yeah, he could, but I haven't heard. I'd like to hear lots of people say it. I'd like to hear everybody say it. Why does it all have to fall on Alexander Ovechkin's shoulders? And I'm not going to sit here and presume that he's ashamed of what's happening with, with with his country that he's very proud of and doing what to do listen, Steve, there's things that happen in every country. When I talk about hockey countries, you go, geez, really? We got to do this? Like in, in the United States, you look at the history of racism and white supremacy and like, it, 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 you're embarrassed and, 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 and it's shameful. So I'm not going to judge Alexander Ovechkin based on what I don't know. All I know is he, he he has been a shining light on the national hockey league from the day he began in the league until right now. And Let's celebrate him as a great goal scorer and let's not start putting the scarlet letter on him for something that he had nothing to do with. Everyone has
1: things they love, don't like, and maybe even hate about their own country. Right. Uh, And you know, where we live, we're not enamored with the last seven years as an example. So there's different scales of happiness and anger and everything else. Um, But for here, people listen about hockey, right. When they tune in, they can go to other places to get the news and philosophical decisions about politics. But for here, it's Ovi on the ice. And like I said, what we saw Saturday was just another small example that'll be in his retirement reel, which I honestly think Craig is going to come in his 40s. And I think that 1,000, the way he's scoring, is I'm not taking it off the table. Put it that way. I'm not taking 1,000 off the table, Craig, because... Do the numbers, do the math, uh, and it's it's so much fun to watch. So, uh, okay, before we wrap up on final thoughts, your crystal ball. What does it say about 2023? A bold prediction about 2023. What do you got?
0: Toronto Maple Leafs lose in the first round of the playoffs. Again, to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Wow. Again. 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 I think they have work to do with their team to to become formidable against the Tampa Bay. I mean, it's all set up at this point in time for the Toronto Maple Leafs to, pay the tap, to play the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, I, know, I know what the top end of Toronto has. I I, I still don't like that matchup. And the playoffs and, and winning the Stanley Cup means you've got to go through different styles of teams. I don't like where Toronto's at against Tampa Bay. I don't. And so I'm going to allow for it. And maybe what I should do is just couch it a little bit and say, if they don't make some, some real strong improvements, I'm talking Andrew Copp, Nick Paul, Josh Manson type moves. That's what I want to see from the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't want to see these on the edge moves, little things that the, I, I want to see some significant sides come into their lineup for me to take them seriously. And On December 26th, Canada lost to Czechia in the World Junior Championship. And the sky was falling, Steve. The sky was falling. Oh, my God. What's wrong with Canada? Nothing. They're going to win the gold medal on January the 5th.
1: Love it. Love it. I don't know if I should do any predictions after those two beauty bold (laughs) ones. Uh, I got nothing against Seattle, but they're going to slide out of the playoffs. If they do get a goalie, well, they don't have one now. So at press time, I'm saying Seattle will slip slide away. And I think the same thing's going to happen to the Devils down the standings. They're not winning the division. I don't think they're finishing second. So I'll say that the Devils will not have home ice in the first round. But if you offered up our buddy, Ken Danico, a playoff spot, he would have taken it. It feels like, you know, now they're starting to also drop in other categories that they were too hot. It was too good, just like Seattle. And remember, this sport is a marathon. Mr. Button, as you taught me, not a sprint. And we'll find out over 82 games who's good enough. And we don't need any more. And we don't need any more in. What we learned today is 32, 16, 8 to get our cup champion. And in the draft lottery, let's slice this onion in half again. Oh, boy. I want the sixth place team in the Metro to make what would have been a top eight. That would have change coming. And I hope st louis then vancouver one of these teams nashville then they win the draft lottery and people look and say oh my goodness we're supposed (laughs) to reward futility um not have these teams look at better teams who get the better player craig great job at the world juniors my friend awesome stuff in episode 106 we will queue you up for 107 later in the week thanks for listening and enjoy the world juniors